We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Go Blue with Stu. I'm your host, Stuart Douglas. Today with us is Eric Shapiro, former scout, in a way, not for NBA teams, but you work for SIS. You scouted, so you know the X's and O's. You, they hired you to look at basketball, so I love having your mind on the pod. I listened to you on the Pin Down podcast with Dylan Burkhardt over at UM Hoops and listened to the last one and really want to pick your brain on this Michigan team, because it's basically a whole new Michigan team. But first and foremost, Eric, I appreciate you coming on. Yes, Stu, thanks for having me. Um, I was actually at Michigan for most of your career, so obviously super super familiar. I don't even think you knew that. But, no. I mean, I remember, where, I, I remember where I was when you hit the probably the biggest shot of your career against uh, Michigan State, which was oh, yeah. I was one year younger than you in school. So I must have been a sophomore or a junior, and you, you were a senior. A jun- I can't remember exactly the years. Is a junior, your, yep. I was a junior. junior? Yep. Okay, so you're telling me that you were you at Skeeps that night with us when we were celebrating <laughs> after. I very well may have been. Uh, <laughs> over a decade ago, so I can't remember for sure, but yeah, definitely a chance. Yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. Yeah. I, to this day, my favorite college night, like, you know when you're watching college movies in high school? Yeah. Like, Man, college is crazy. And then you get there and like, you know, not what was me, but especially as an athlete, you're like, I'm not going to frat parties all the time. I mean, some guys will, but like, you're not really supposed mm-hmm. to. And then that moment after that game, just like in a uh, culmination of like energy and hypeness and like getting back in time from a road game of all, all things. That was like my, uh, my college movie moment. And it was still that like, night. it still wasn't that crazy. I think I, I think I went home like pretty sober. So it wasn't, wasn't that nice, but yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if I remember correctly, like that season was pretty up and down, like up to that point, like it was kind of yeah. like not a great year, but that kind of turned the tide. I mean, with the whole program really. Um, but yeah, especially that year. Cause I know that was the year that um, made the tournament beat Tennessee. I want to say in the first round, then lost yeah. like, a super close game to Duke. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
yeah, I mean, that was like the turning point under Beeline, like that game, that shot. And I'm not just saying that because I'm on a podcast. Yet, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. It really it really was. The momentum. So, yeah. yeah. The momentum just kept going up and up and up from there. And uh, For yeah, sure. to this day, I still get asked, were you on the 2013 Michigan team? It's like, nope, but very close. <laughs> but, uh, I'll yeah. take some credit for it. Um, but yeah, we I want to talk a lot of Michigan basketball with you. Obviously, it is new look. I mean, it's still so young. And mm-hmm. you don't know what you're going to get. Minnesota was okay. Test not super great. I mean, really not great at all for being honest. I'm trying to be nice to Minnesota, but it was, <laughs> it had some good momentum. I think, especially for a guy like Doug, where all the question marks yeah. were coming at him. All like all the worry was coming at him. Is he going to be able to play? Do they have enough guards for one? And I think he blew those expectations out of the water. But again, one sample size. So on the podcast, when you you recorded with uh, Dylan here this week, you mentioned he mentioned you're a little bit of a skeptic and how he can translate like full season. So mm-hmm. you answered a little bit, but I'm curious where you think what positive things did you see from Doug? Where you're like, okay, this can be this will work. Not only be fine, but like this will actually work and they'll win games. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, he was great in that Minnesota game, yeah. like by far his best game. And like he played by far the most minutes he played. Um, I think like his best attribute is uh, like his ball screen passing. Like he makes really good reads. Um, he can manipulate like weak side defenders. Like he, he's a really good passer. And they were like blitzing the ball screen, right? Like pushing him back towards midcourt. And like he's small, obviously, right? Like he's like yeah. five, eight, five, nine. Um, and he it didn't really bother him, you know, and like they had a dude like a foot taller than him hedging out most of the game. So yeah, that was super impressive. And like, you know, he's fast too. So like pushing the pace, passing and transition, that sort of stuff. Like, I think yeah. that suits his game well. Um, so like at a baseline, I would like expect him to be good in like those regards. Um, but I mean, he even finished more efficiently than he had. Like he was like around like 30% coming into the game shooting. And I think he, he was like, he went three for three from three. I don't know if we should expect that like yeah, fully moving right. forward. Right. But um, I mean, he made two out of three on uh, twos also. So yeah, it was definitely a really good game from him. And I guess my skepticism is just like based on what I saw in the other eight games, like yeah. he was just erratic, you know, like um, he made some really good plays, but he had like careless turnovers and um, like defensively takes a lot of risks and stuff, um, but he could also pressure the ball. So like, like there's good and bad with him. Um, but like, he's a freshman, you know, like it, it's kind of yeah. to be expected and like, he wasn't supposed to be the starting point guard, right? Like they brought in this guy because they expected him to play the whole year. And obviously it's super unfortunate that he tore his ACL, but uh, I mean, he's the only other point guard on the roster. So for better or worse, he's going to play a lot in like all these games. Um, yeah. What, what are you seeing from him though? Like, especially from like the first eight games to this one where like he played yeah. a lot more minutes, but he played super well. I was super impressed with his balance. Like he ran the offense, but also attacked when I thought it was smart. He got to the rim when I thought it was smart. He passed when I thought it was smart. He shot the mid range, shot the floater. Like he just made good decisions. And I've talked about it on the pod a million times, you know, beeline. This is one of beeline's favorite things to say about like how hard basketball is. And it's that Oscar Robertson, the Mr. Triple double said the hardest thing in basketball is to know when to pass or to shoot. And he was the king of it. Right. And so if you can just constantly make right decisions, whether that ball is going in the basket or not, I think that's going to build momentum. And if you just play the right way, like that'll go a long way. But I like he was playing the right way while also being aggressive. Like he wasn't just timid or like, 
oh, the shot clock came down to him. It's five seconds. Now he's got to make a move and he hit shots. Like it, they were, I don't think he was playing well because shots were going. I think he was like actually playing well. And so that's, that was what impressed me. But also like, you're like, all right, not really, because this kid is seems super confident. He came in right away. And you're like, he's the type of guy where you're like, you got to hold him back. Yeah. Like, like all right, you got to stop doing this, which is good because I, I think even last year, and, I, and I'm curious on your thoughts with this, but last year they had a huge problem with all their talent about being aggressive and like finding their spots. And Jalen came mm-hmm. in this year and was too tentative, I thought. And they needed, if they're, I mean, if you're going to run a ball screen, be a threat, dude. You got to be a threat. And I thought Doug was on all three levels in the paint, at the basket, mid range, and then from three. And like to me, that's the thing. Like if you're going to play him, you know, if you're, you got a scared point guard out there, oh, this, that's easy. We're, we're, we are eating you alive on defense. Like we're just going to force that and force Doug to have it. And he's like, nah, I'm not going to be a weak link. So I thought that was cool to see. Yeah, for sure. Um, and to your point about him, like picking the right spots, um, like in the other, like basically every, I think every other game this season, his usage, like his, the amount of possessions that he used was over 20%, right? So like yeah. when he was in the game and it, uh, oftentimes much higher than that, when he was in the game, he just felt like he had to like do a lot of shit, like yeah. basically. Um, and part of that was he was playing with a lot of bench guys. So he was like the only shot creator and he had to do everything, but yeah. like, but by playing more minutes with the starters, right? Like he can fit in more and um, like find his flow within the game. And I think there is some like credence to that, that like um, by playing with better players, like he he can pick his spots more. And like, as you said, like know when to pass, know when to attack, like that sort of thing. Um, so I definitely think it helps him like playing with the starters. I don't know if we should expect like that good of a performance regularly. Like yeah. I'd be shocked if he doesn't have like big ups and downs. Like he was pretty bad, to be honest, like before this game, but it's like, it shows the level that he can get to. Right. And, and that's yeah. like super promising. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm curious because these teams that Joanna has had have been interesting from kind of development standpoint. So I think if you were to look at like the decisions that they make early on, in terms of um, how they want players to play and especially rotations. Like I don't agree whatsoever with four guys off the bench at the whatever minute mark halfway through the yeah. third of the way through. I don't agree with it at all, but if you were to say, Hey, we need these guys down the road and I've got, I got a pretty good sense that we're going to make the tournament, you know, might not be at the best C, but we'll do what we did last year and we'll figure it out the end. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a little bit of a leash on that. 
but there's there's there was an aggressiveness. I'm coming back to the aggressiveness. Like I think you're gonna come back next game, even against Lips- Lipscomb. He'll, he might have like even five shots where you'd be like, all right, a little too aggressive. Like bring mm-hmm. it back, Doug. But I'm better. I'm better with that than watching. You know, sorry, Caleb, but like watching a guy like Caleb last year come in and be like, oh, I don't know, pass the ball. I don't know, pass the ball. Like, mm-hmm. I'd rather pull you back because at the end of the year, like now this team is they got three guard, they got two guards really, and then Jet, and then like minimal backup for them at all. Yeah. So like you're they're gonna have to do something eventually, you know. So why not? I don't know, make the mistakes for me, but I don't know what you see from an analytical standpoint. You're like, all right, well, this is also losing them games. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think that like early in the year, the issue was like the, the backcourt, as you said, was being tentative, but they also just like weren't making shots like yeah. uh, like Jalen and Kobe, like were playing 30 minutes a game and they were like around 10 or 15 percent from three, like yeah. just simple numbers like they just weren't making shots. And that's just limiting how good your offense can be. Um But like, I mean, Jet has been way better offensively than I would have expected, like coming to the year. Like he's really, really good. Um uh, yeah, I guess just like he's like a capital S shooter, right? Like he gets it yeah. off so quick. He organizes his feet so fast. Like he can get it off in like a lot of different situations, but also just like on the move passing. Like I've been just, I've been really impressed with him offensively. So like, I think this team has like ups, upside offensively to be like a top like 10 or 15 team in the country, but it's really the defense that I think is going to hold them back. Like they just don't have that many good individual defenders. They're not that good of a rebounding team. They haven't been good in transition so far, and they haven't really played that many good like transition offenses yet. So, like, I'm concerned more with the defense moving forward than the offense. But um, I mean, like, Hunter gives you a baseline. Like, we haven't even mentioned him, right? Like, he gives you a baseline of like you're going to be like at worst like a pretty good offense by yeah. having like an All American dude like in the middle. Um, it's just the pieces around him like growing as this, as the year goes on, and you hopefully like incrementally get better with these guys who weren't playing in college at all or like limited minutes, right? With Kobe, yeah. with Jet, with Doug, um, and like they will get better as the year goes on, and that's probably the best case for like them improving and like making the tournament, like being better in Big Ten play. I think that's a good point. I want to talk some more individual and some offense stuff, but yeah, defense is huge. I, I have, I think they're improving, but they're just a little bit off. There was a possession. You mentioned uh, transition defense, and there was a possession in particular. I think Kaysen hit a three, or re, I think it was Kaysen mm-hmm. Walter three in the first half. And I, I watched it. I watched it back three or four times, and they all knew where they were supposed to be by the time they got to half court. And I was like, "Oh, mm-hmm. this is good." And then they were just a foot away. Kobe was just checking on the other side of the court for like a split second too long. Boom! Throw ahead to Kaysen and the wide open three. You can't give a guy an inch. So I think mm-hmm. they're like close. Mm-hmm. And then I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. But on the rotational defense just in general, that's where I'm worried about. It's a lot of like standing and not a lot of uh, disrupting passing lanes. And then mm-hmm. you know, like, so they're getting like a lot of direct passes and then they're out of position a little bit. So, I mean, have you seen the half court defense improve at all from your standpoint? Yeah. I think that they're better at like knowing the scouting report now and like knowing the yeah. other team's plays. I think they're like super well-prepared in that type of stuff. Like that's just been like a staple under Juwan. They like they switch one through four a lot, right? Um, so like they met they mess up switches like a decent amount. Like they they switch off ball sometimes, um, but especially like on ball. But like yeah, the off ball switches like 
I mean, you know, I don't know how vocal some of these guys are, but like Jet doesn't seem to me like a guy that's like yelling out switches and communicating that much on defense. And like yeah. Kobe from where he was last year, he's gotten way, way better defensively. Like he was borderline, like, uh, I don't like not playable really defensively yeah. last year. And he, he's so much better on that. end. like, he's probably the best perimeter defender on the team at this point. Um, and like, I didn't expect that at all. So, I mean, that's, that's definitely good. Um, yeah, the transition defense stuff, like, I mean, you know, this, like that can be improved. Right. And yeah. you hope that like, you have like the, your basic rules and like, you know, there's teams in the big 10 that are going to run like, like Michigan state always runs like that. They play North Carolina, right. In like a week or so, like Carolina break, they're famous for that. So they're going to get tests. Um, you just hope, yeah, like the coaches obviously see it and they're going to drill it and try to, you know, be that be an area of focus to improve as the year goes on. Yeah. You guys mentioned identity like what is Michigan's identity and I mm -hmm. talked with coach Saudi Washington a, a few weeks ago I listen and, to that pod yeah and and I asked him about I appreciate that and I asked him <laughs> about uh Monty Bates and I you know jokingly like hey who's like talking about shutting down Imani and he's like well right. he gave me like the coach speak and was you know very professional and said well, we're coaching we're trying to coach team defense and everybody blah blah and I'm like, all right. And then watching the game and then Imani's going off. And it's like, we should have had a plan for Imani. And like, that's easy to say after the fact. But yeah. I think to their point, like, you know, got to give the coaches that credit. Like they're just trying to teach team defense at this point and have everyone grasp like rotations. And I think they're almost there. But you do, you got a game plan for people. Like you can't play Iowa the same you do as Illinois. Like it's just, you're going to get killed and it's just not going to work mm -hmm. out for you. So I'm, I'm interested to hear what you think about their identity. Like they're starting to play this zone and I'm going to give yeah. it a little more time. I don't, I don't love it. I'll give it a little more time, but uh, do you see them trying to figure out like an identity, especially on ball screen defense or just in yeah. general, because I think they're still kind of up in the air. Yeah. I think that's like a really good question. Um, especially defensively. Like, yeah. What is their identity? I mean, kind of under Juwan, they've always thrown the zone out, right? Like it used yeah. to be at the beginning, yeah. maybe like a change up out of timeouts. Right. Because, you know, like in the timeout, the other team runs a play it's for a man to man, just expecting it. Now it's like, I would run a, you know, you can call two plays, but like I would run a play for a zone because they come out of that zone more often than they come out in man to man. Like after like, you know, 12 minute timeout, eight minute timeout, like that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really like the zone much either. I feel like it sometimes like the results are okay where like they they miss, but it's like a, a wide open three, you know, and it's like yeah, I don't want to chance that in like the long run, like them getting open shots like that. And like, I mean, Doug's a, a small guard, you know, he's he's yeah. got a lot of in that zone at the top of the zone to cover a lot of space. Um, so, yeah, I don't love it. Like as a changeup, I don't think it's going away, but. I, I can't really see it becoming like their base defense um, unless they just couldn't contain the ball for like such a long period of time that they felt like they had to. Um, Cause then you just have like a seven, one dude in the paint all the time. And that's probably why they do it. Um, but they yeah. do match up out of that to be fair. So um, it's kind of like a zone that matches up like halfway down the clock. Um, but yeah, ball screen wise. I, yeah. I don't really know what their identity is. Like Dickinson has like some mobility concerns, but like they've been playing him more like at the level, which is more aggressive ball screen coverage as opposed to like drop coverage where, you know, he's like, you know, three to five feet behind the level of the screen and kind of playing two between the roller and the ball handler. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think I don't know if it's because they're still experimenting or just like um, matchup based, right, where they're like picking coverages based on who they're playing and stuff. Um, so I could go both ways on that, like whether they should stick with a set coverage or like be multiple and like have different coverages for different games or like situations and stuff like that so it's early in the season so i don't really know but yeah. to your point about the identity stuff like 
they're just not a very like physical defensive team. Like they're not really imposing their will in any sort of way defensively. Um, and I don't know how that looks, but it's, it's certainly like notable that they don't have like an identity on that end. Yeah. It's kind of odd. And I'll chalk it up to youth because they try to run, they tried to ice screens. I don't know what game for yeah. seven or something, whatever I'll, it was. They and do it, it like almost every game at, at, at points. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was just going horribly. Uh, there was a couple of possessions against Virginia. It was just really bad because mm-hmm. there was no pressure on from the ball handler uh, defender. And then the big was just hands down. Like I've seen a Real lot quick. of hands down. Real quick, should we just jump in for anyone that doesn't know like what ice icing is? Yeah. Just so that yeah, you want to you want to hit it? No, you see, you, you you're gonna be able to <laughs> explain it. <laughs> no, no, I mean you play. Uh, it, so it's basically trying to keep the ball on the sideline, right? Where yep. the ball handler's defender doesn't let the guy with the ball get middle. Um, you're essentially like forcing him towards the sideline, and then the big defender is also like either at the level of the screen or below it, trying to keep the ball on the sideline um, is yeah. at like high level, like what the goal of the coverage is. All right, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. And I, I think they've tried to automate some of that stuff because I don't, I, to be honest, there's a few things. One, I don't think the communication from the bigs has been very great. Like either, yeah. either the guards aren't now there is an underlying theme here where there's a bunch of new guys and you have to be, you have to have confidence to play defense. Like it takes a lot of confidence for you to be mentally like, calm enough to be focused in on your man while also listening to somebody behind you it takes a lot of effort you think it's easy to just open your ears it's not you'll block that out all day every day so mm-hmm. you got to practice that so that that will come with time but i don't know if it's that coupled or coupled with a lack of communication from the bigs but they've been late responding the guards have on those screens and it should be easy when you automate like you automate automate an ice right and like you just yell scream yeah. like it's easy or ice like it doesn't matter and then boom the guard knows like yeah, I can. I don't even have to keep him in front of me. I'm just going to press up as hard as I can on the side of him. But they yep. just haven't been super aggressive that way. So I don't know. I, I think they're going to have a problem with UNC. Like if Caleb Love goes off or RJ Davis goes off, they're going to shoot a bunch. I don't know if you can go under. They've really <laughs> ran under on a lot of these top ball screens. And I think it's been close to okay. I don't know what your thoughts are. Or what yeah. you would say with that. I don't know. I don't have the numbers on like different ball screen coverages, like yeah. synergy stuff like that. Yeah. The numbers aren't that uh, they have some stuff for like NBA, but not yeah, Not college. So I don't have the numbers on that, but yeah, I, I guess they just haven't faced that many teams that have like an off the bounce, like three point shooting guard, like uh, Kate, uh, what's his name on Kentucky severe Wheeler. Like he's yeah. not really a threat like that. Um, I don't think Minnesota had a guy like that. So they were okay doing that. Um, but yeah, as you said, I mean, UNC is a different level with their guards that can shoot off the dribble. I will say those guys like Caleb Love can win you a game. I mean, he was yeah. hot the whole tournament, right? But he could yeah. also like shoot you out of a game if he's like two for 12 type of thing, you know? Completely, completely. I, yeah. yeah, that's he's been like that forever. That's why he's so fun. That's why people love him. But that's, uh, that's the reason why he's still in college. Yeah, exactly. The dribble yeah. And would, if he was more efficient, he would be he'd be in the NBA. Yep. It, yeah. uh, I watched them against UNC against IU and Trey Galloway, really good defender. And he just took mm-hmm. Caleb out of the game like early on. Caleb never got a feel for it. So I'm curious. I, I would love to see just a little more aggressiveness at the same time. Like, you don't have any other guards. Like, don't foul. Like, please don't yeah. foul, Doug. Like, it's going to be tough sledding. You know, if you, you see it with all these guys, they, they play such an important role. The starters, Jet goes out. That, that was bad. Um, mm-hmm. what, what game was that? He got in foul trouble. What, what game? Was that Kentucky? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And 
you know, they missed him dearly. I was going to miss Hunter dearly when he gets in foul trouble or when he's off the court ever. And then Doug now yeah. you know, being the main uh, ball handler, they can't have him in foul trouble. So it's a, it's a funny situation where like now it opens them up to be with, unfortunately Jalen's injury forces all these guys to be more aggressive and just play with confidence. And I think mm-hmm. some of those shooting woes you'll see from Kobe from before, like, he just can't have them. And I think he knows it and he knows like he's not going to get benched or like he, he's the only option there. So I think they're looking right. good, there, but defensively, I think they got to match that aggressive aggressiveness without Fallon, but um, it's, it's going to be, I've, yeah, go ahead. I have a question for you. Um, what do you think? What do you think of Terrence Williams? Um, wanna, Cause yeah. like, he's kind of, he's kind of playing the four because I mean, they don't really have many other good options, Yeah, um, but I mean, he's playing like a ton of minutes. Uh, yeah, I guess before I say anything, like, where are you at with him? Like, what do you think of his game? That sort of thing. Yeah, so he's underwhelmed, like, efficiency-wise, offensively, right? And mm-hmm. I think he – I am impressed with his skills at times offensively. Like, he can pick his spots. If he can figure out how to pick his spots perfectly. I mean, he had this one catch, shot fake, dribble right between the legs left and it had a left-hand layup finish on the opposite yeah, no, side that was against minnesota right yeah that was really impressive yeah. and he made it for look sure. easy and i think he has that ability and he has had a knack he had a knack for it last year kind of picking his spots to be aggressive in spurts or just periodically you know alongside hunter i think he just hasn't shot well and i think he's forced maybe some things uh they mm-hmm. made him play one-on-one a little too much i think at times like he doesn't ever get anything in the flow but you know, he could play better offensively for sure. I think he's about the only guy, or at least he does it the most, that is looking at everyone else in the court offensively. He's the only guy. There was a play against Kentucky um, where Hunter had it in the post, and it was a fir- Isaiah Barnes' first three. And mm-hmm. Hunter had it in the post, and they went to double, and it was a light double. I think it was Wheeler, so, like, Hunter didn't even feel him. Yeah. And there was Terrence on the opposite wing, and then Isaiah in the opposite corner, and Terrence – Isaiah's man was the only guy that could cover both of those. And the idea there is mm-hmm. like send a double. And if Hunter skips it over, like Isaiah's man will go cover whoever catches the ball. And then somebody behind him will come fill in and they'll be fine. Well, Terrence is like, all right, yep. screw that. And he went in, dove down, took down, took out Isaiah's guy. Cause that guy now has to protect the yep. layup and boom, Isaiah's wide open. Yep. No one else in the yep. team is doing that. Like no one. He's the best cutter for sure. Oh, and that was Eli, right? Like Eli last year was the yeah. only guy that could do that. Like, Stuff that doesn't show up in the stat sheet where you're going to get somebody else open because of something you do that no one's going to pay attention to. And yeah. it sucks because it doesn't show up on the stat sheet. But I think he's useful, really useful from that standpoint. Like he's the only one that'll set a flare screen. He's the only one that will, him and Jace will do high lows. They'll high low. Yeah. I was going to yeah. mention that. Yeah. He's a, so, he's a good passer from that area for sure. Yeah. And he's just the only one that's really like taking in all the game. I think Kobe's getting there. I think Jet and Doug are just like, I'm Jet and Doug. I'm going to score. And like, they're yeah. just kind of an like, uh, automatic right now in, in terms of who they are, which is fine because they're doing well with it. But mm-hmm. it's he's necessary out there, I think, in that instance. But he's just, I mean, hey, hit hit one and a half more shots a game and we're probably speaking about him a little differently. Yeah, I think I, I think you nailed it. I, I agree with you on pretty much everything you said. Um, I think like one area that I'd like to see him improve at is like just be less of a hesitant shooter. Like he catches yeah. the ball where there's like a long closeout and he could just let it fly and he should just shoot. And 
even if it doesn't go in as much as like he would want, um, like you just got to be a threat out there, especially like, like if it's coming off of a Hunter post up, like you just got to be that threat so that they know that they have to close out to you and they can't like sag off as much. Um, yeah. So that's something I would definitely like to see from him offensively. Um, and then like I, a little less of like the, like one dribble to his left pull up like 18, 20 footer, uh, like it goes, he can make it, but it's just not that efficient of a shot. Um, he's really the fifth option in the starting lineup. So like, I get why he shoots it. He's like, man, like I haven't really touched the ball in a while. Like I didn't need to like shoot a little bit. Like I, I could yeah. feel that through him. So like, I, I get why he's doing it. It's just, it's just not, a, it's not a great shot, <laughs> no, but I no, mean, like Phil, you made a great point with, with like the cutting and the flare screens. Like he is the only guy who's doing that stuff consistently. Like he, he feels the small spaces of the defense. Or, I mean, on offense, like really well. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, he got, I mean, I really do like his left-leaning fadeaway. Like, I really do think that he's pretty good at it in terms of, like, skill. I don't know where it's at efficiency-wise, but they just, like, it just always comes from a one-on-one. Like, it's never from, like, he doesn't really get it in great spots. So that's to his disadvantage. So I won't knock him too much for that. And, you know, maybe you could take the Draymond approach where Draymond's not making that play at all. He's done automatically like kick it to a guy like Doug and go set a screen and pop and roll and then find his offense that way. But I mean, yeah, this is the first time Terrence has been in major minutes in terms of this role. So I don't know. I, I, it, it'll be interesting to see that, but yeah, if he, I mean, if he's playing one-on-one all the time. I, he, I just don't think he will. I think he's too smart for that. And I don't think that's what he wants to do, but yeah, I, I, I think he's uh, just, really smart and overall like you said i think there was even one possession where hummel was calling their games and he like hummel gets this like a certain tone where you're like oh man hummel really doesn't he really thinks this guy's dumb and it was because terrence (laughs) wouldn't shoot it and he's like you got Uh the ball there and terrence passed it up he was wide open and he was so right but then it was funny enough because this happens to terrence all the time where he will pass up a shot and then he's still open by the time it comes back to him and shoots it and makes it and he's like well there you go then he he shot it but he has right. to be a threat. Like all this to go. This goes with me and Doug. Like I'm fine with him shooting threes with guys going on the screen because you have to be a threat. As soon as yeah. you make yourself a weakness, then the teams are just going to exploit you. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you remember what game that was that he did? I don't remember yeah. how much. Cause like, he's yeah. one of the few that I like, I, I hear, I listen to everything. He's like such a good commentator, man. And he, he's pretty new at it. And I mean, yeah. he adds so much insight, like everything he says, I'm like, yep. Like, like he knows the team really well, even though he doesn't cover them regularly. Like, yeah, he's super impressive. Um, yeah, I, I guess I don't remember that game, but that 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 play doesn't surprise me at all. Like, yeah, he passes up good threes to either take like a more difficult shot, like you know, he'll like dribble once or twice and then yep. and then pull it, or he'll get it back and he'll be open, <laughs> like he'll still be open. Um, but yeah, I mean, especially like how how often they play through Hunter, like having four guys on the court who can shoot from the perimeter it just helps so much uh, like with spacing and stuff on his post-ups and like the ability to help off of guys. Um, Cause last year they just really didn't have that with how much like Musa no. was playing. No, Musa was just poor Musa. Like he just didn't understand it. Those two guys just couldn't play together on the same court. Like Musa was too new. Maybe you could yeah. figure it in a couple of years, but it just wasn't a good situation. So I was excited when, you know, Terrence looked like the four man, but I want to ask you about Joey Baker 
and where he can fit in here. And I think, you know, I, I you guys mentioned it too. His numbers on defense are good. I'm so much less worried about his defense, especially at the four man spot, like him guarding, he's pretty active guarding ball screens. And I think he's maybe one of the best ones that did it to do it, but offensively, Early on, it looked like he was going to be a part of the offense and just be a gunner all year and be perfect. And then that's gone away. Like whether he's playing, whether Juwan's playing Cheddar more minutes or they're just not running enough sets to get Joey open, like this Spain action that I really didn't like. Um, certain things, but like, I guess, I don't know exactly what my question is, but where where can he fit in? Like where, where yeah. do you see him fitting in? Does he deserve more minutes? Um. I mean, I think he should play probably the most for like a wing off the bench, right? Like you yeah. have to have a guy who plays for Hunter for like the you Can know the five three? to eight minutes. Yeah, I think he could play the three. I think the four is probably his best position, but he could probably play the three or the four. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think he should play the most minutes of like a wing off the bench. I'm probably, I'm definitely not as high on his defense as, as you are. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think, I mean, he had like hip surgery and he definitely wasn't known for his defense at Duke. Like I think what's like for some, like uh, there's some closeouts that stand out in my mind where this dude just like looked like a turnstile. Like he just got blown by a, a little too much. I honestly think that's probably what's limiting his minutes more than anything. Um, yeah, they, I agree with you that they should involve him more. Like because he is such a good shooter, like he's not in the game for his defense. Like get hit, like get him as many shots as you can when when he when he's on the court, especially if he's playing with a bunch of bench guys. Like run Seth for him. Um, Dylan mentioned in the podcast I did with him, um, like the double ball screen they do where like he'll pop out for three and then like the big will roll to the basket. Like that's a good way to put pressure and get him a look. Um, I like using him as like the single side guy and pick and roll so that guys uh, like defenders on the weak side have to choose whether you know tag off him and stay with the roller or get back out um, and and uh, prevent him from getting a catch and shoot three. Um, yeah. so, so I like that. Um, and, th and they run some like stagger stuff where like he'll be the first screener and like uh, he'll screen like screen down for a guy coming from the corner and then someone will uh, like cut around and screen for him. So he'll get a three. So they, like they have some stuff in the playbook for him. Um, it just, yeah, for whatever reason, like he hasn't gotten as many attempts as probably he should. Cause I mean, he's at like, He's at he's 10 for 21, so like a tiny sample, but yeah, I mean that's over 47%. So yeah, you should be that guy's on the court to shoot. So you got to get him as many looks as possible when he's on the court. Um, and I honestly think another way to help him get more looks would be to play him with the starters. So like if he was the first guy, like you know, they have their rotation where the bench yeah. guys uh come in all at the same time, but if they were to stagger it a little more so that he's like the first one in and he's playing with like the other four starters, um, like whoever he's coming in for, whether that be like Kobe or Jet or whoever, um, I think he'll get a lot more looks that way, but just by playing with Hunter and um and Doug with that lineup. So I think it's another way of using utilizing him better. I say that Jalen's injury is gonna force Jawan to limit rotations and then he's but he'll find a way to like bring in <laughs> Dude, Terrace, yeah. Isaiah and Cheddar off the bench at the same time. But that's fine. I mean, I think I think go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, I I agree I agree with everything you said about that earlier. It's just like I don't I don't think he knows who he wants to play. So he's just like playing yeah. all these dudes to try to figure it out, you know. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I think but it's a question mark. Like him, it's it's Joey and Cheddar and Terrence. Like Joey and Cheddar, I think he wants to play the most minutes. And Terrace is like mostly because he's the five and you know, Hunter's gotta yeah. get some rest. He's gotta play, and, yeah. Yeah, and Isaiah can, you know, bring a spark of energy or so he thinks off the bench. And so, but the question mark is like, really like, okay, how are we going to play 
Maybe they do play Joey more at the three and he spots minutes there, which I wouldn't mind. And, and, you know, from one TV timeout to the other, especially if you got a lineup that another opposing team lineup that uh, works well with, but the, well, I wanted to ask you about that double screen. So mm-hmm. one, just how teams have been playing Michigan on ball screen defense in general, but I really, I really hated what they were doing against Virginia. They they pulled that out against Virginia and they started a double ball screen and Joey would start it. And mm-hmm. whoever, whoever it was is coming off the left wing, going right towards the middle. And then yeah. Hunter was rolling and like, there was enough. They were so close. Joey's man is so close enough to at least get like that early window where maybe someone can fit it in so he can kind of be there for that. And then, you know, if you're going to hard hedge, then you're forcing the point guard all the way around. So then you can get back in time to your man and somebody else from the opposite side or like the mm-hmm. opposite corner, whatever. Like there's enough time for rotations. And I'm like, if you just put Joey all the way in the corner, like there's, that's too much spacing for a guy like Joey. Now you yeah. now you can shoot over anybody. So I don't know. Yeah, I, that's I, a, do you like point. it? Like, is it working? I just, I hated it when they start, when they rolled it out. Yeah. Um, I think that may have been, I don't know if you're saying in general or just that Virginia game. I mean, Virginia is a really good defensive team, right? Yeah, and yeah. like, they, you know, they hedge ball screens like that. I mean, Michigan scored like really well in the first half of that game. It was really, they're up by what, double figures in the first, first half or at halftime. So I don't think offense was necessarily like the issue in the first half. Um, yeah, the second half is a little bit different story. But yeah, I mean, that's a really good defensive team. So it may have been a little bit more of that. But I agree with what you're saying about like putting Joey in the other corner. Um, because yeah, like like you said, it, just more space. Like that guy has to cover, his defender has to cover. Um, so yeah, I see validity in doing that. Um, and it's not like Michigan like gets the ball to the role man very much. Like Hunter is like yeah, a, a offensive, a great he's a great yeah. offensive player, but he's not like a great roller. Um he doesn't have gravity. He just like no. rolls. It's odd. He he rolls pretty slowly. Uh, yeah. so like he like he he's a good like short roller, right? Where he can like he can make some passes and he has like that flip shot. Um but yeah, he kind of rolls slowly and yeah, he's not obviously not an above the rim finisher, even though he's really big. So yeah. he's not like a big target in that way. You know what's shocking now that you say that, like he has all of the wit, basketball wit to slip more screens and he does it. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't, he did a little bit. He actually did against Virginia and he had a short roll and there was one in particular where it worked perfectly. Yeah, and that's a good a point. Because they were hedging so hard. That's a, yeah. another reason why you and he slip, was like, all right. right. And then, but he doesn't do it very often, which is interesting. I don't know why. I think you yeah. could. I think he's smart enough to mix it up like that. So I, I don't know. Maybe it's just his call. Maybe he likes setting those screens and being, you know, you know, a little more lumber in that way. But yeah. Physical. Huh. Yeah. yeah I, need, I don't know. I need to call the coaching staff. <laughs> so many opinions. <laughs> yeah. You got a contact. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dude, they're so tight lipped over there, man. I, oh, man. Like, it, it's hard to get anything. Yeah. 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 I hear. Yeah. They're, I mean, Saudi's been very gracious this time. Um, Hunter, what well, you know, came on the pod. I haven't had anybody mm-hmm. else on, but yeah, they've seemed like pretty tight lipped. A lot, lot of stress going on. You know, that's the coaching game. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you if you get players like Hunter has his own podcast, I think so. Like he'll talk yeah. and like you know he he'll he'll give quotes and stuff. But yeah, like the coaches, like if you try to get anything like schematically or like any, yeah, they're they're real tight lipped over there. Yeah, it's I I Beeline was the same way, man. I mean, he was nuts about it, but. To me, would he tell you guys like specifically like not to say stuff like I feel like as his tenure went on, because I would learn shit just from listening to him. Yeah. Like, 
as, as press conferences went on, I mean, I'm sure you didn't listen to those, but he would say stuff more schematically. But early on, I think he was more tight lipped. But did he give you guys stuff like like don't say anything to the media, like be neutral, like that sort of stuff? Yeah, kind of. Now, our training, our media training was more of like, don't ruffle feathers. Don't say anything that you didn't like, blah, blah, blah. You know, be a robot. Yeah. It was like and then, right. you know. A lot of us weren't even smart enough to, to talk about the scheme. So, but, you know, <laughs> sometimes I would mention like, yeah, obviously it was blatant that I was super denying Taylor battle all game. Like, yeah, that was our strategy. Like that was right. like, go beat it, I guess. Defensively, I would talk about my strategies because I wasn't worried about that. But offensively, yeah, like that, it was, that was tight lip. Like we don't, you don't talk about it. And I mean, he had a, his transfer rule was, you know, you can't transfer anywhere in the Big Ten. You can't transfer anywhere that who we play in the next two years. And right. I, I actually wrote about it, a long form opinion on it, like years ago, about why I thought that was dumb. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you thinking that you're going to sell the secrets, and it's like, dude, you know, like especially with Beeline's offense, you knew what was coming. Like you could look yeah. at all the plays, but there's there's 70 different variations of what's going to happen. So yeah, good luck stopping the execution yeah. of it. Like a ball yeah. screen is a ball screen there that that's it's been ran for years and it's why it's the focal point of all offenses in the, across the world it is what it is and like okay now go stop it so like it's odd that these coaches get so stressed out about it they think they've like cracked the code on things and then no you just regurgitated a play from over there it's pretty funny i don't know it's a it's an interesting yeah world to navigate definitely definitely a different time too because if a coach had that policy now i mean Oh. They would get crushed in like, oh, the, yeah. you know what I mean? Like limiting where people transfer and all. It's like a completely different, like, you know, players can go wherever they want now. And yeah, that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. But I, I know, I, I mean, he, that was pretty public, like that he had that where, yeah, he didn't want you to transfer to a big 10 school or like the, a team you were going to play in the non-conference the next year. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he was probably pretty late on that too, even like being more flexible with that sort of thing. It was funny. I even asked Spike and Max, BFL, mm-hmm. Max BFL went to IU and Spike Albrecht went to Purdue. Purdue. And I asked him after when I was writing this thing, like, all right, tell me, like, be honest, because I could write this a very mm-hmm. different way. You know, what advice did you give about the offense? And they're like, dude, they've the coaches have watched so much film on Beeline already. Like, they know exactly what's going on. And, and a lot of it's like, well, what are they doing now? And so right. that's different than what they were doing two months ago, especially we would throw that in offensively, like what our common sets were. And then at that point too, like, uh, you know, it's just a point guard heavy offense nowadays. Like Bjorn was running so much ball screen stuff. So basically yeah. both of them were like, ah, I mean, I gave some pointers. I'm like what these plays are called, like that would help. But like, even then Michigan still beat Purdue and IU in some of those games. So <laughs> it really didn't. Yeah. Happen. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. It's, it is, it's funny. So you've had, so they, yeah, uh, Juwan's been tense, huh? Is that what you've seen? I, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, just because I have the podcast, I sometimes try to listen to like the post game press conferences to see if there's anything I missed. If he'll give any information, he yeah. he doesn't say anything. Those press conferences are, are worthless. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know if it's because he doesn't trust the media or like he doesn't get good questions. He definitely doesn't get great questions. Like yeah. because like if you ask a specific question that will like elicit like a schematic response, like sometimes you get it. Like you know, like I'm not like a huge NFL guy, but like. Bill Belichick, you know, is known for like not giving anything away. But if you ask him something like smart, that's schematic, like he'll actually answer you. Yeah. Um, I wonder how he would respond if you gave him like a good question. Um, but yeah. yeah, he doesn't really get those. There's it's uh, I was watching one of the press conferences 
and I don't remember who it was and I wasn't going to call him out anyways, but the question, <laughs> he got kind of nervous and he was like, what are you uh, looking for, you know, when you put in guys off the bench? And I think what he wanted to ask was, you know, why are you subbing in four guys at a time and you see uh -huh. the offense decline and the game swing momentum? You know, that's a valid question. That's something. Juwan yeah, for sure. To answer. But he asked, what are you looking for for guys off the bench? And Juwan just laughed. He was like kind of a, a little bit of an a-hole laugh, but it was like what do you mean like play hard yeah i don't yeah know right make like, shots uh, like defend. Yeah. yeah exactly like what are you Keep supposed winning? to say a question like that yeah, yeah i felt bad but yeah it was um honestly he's like I, I you know i've never asked question in a press conference before but like i feel like they they just by how he answers some things like they might be like intimidated by him you know like he oh, played in the nba for 15 years he kind of like does that sort of thing when he responds sometimes so it's like yeah it's hard to ask questions i can imagine he doesn't that's, come that's in there gotta with a be smile. part of it. He's a he's a big figure and he doesn't come in there with a smile. So he's definitely gotta be intimidating. I mean, you're yeah, you'll you'll start rattling off your words and forgetting what you're gonna ask. And it's like yeah, exactly. All right, well, go ahead. And you're like, oh damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I should probably give them more of a pass, honestly, on yeah. the questions because it's 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 probably much harder than I than I think it is. We uh you should come up with like uh, oral history of press conference questions and just interview everyone and be like, what was your most pressure peck? Cause people don't understand it. I mean, there's pressure in everything in life and that's gotta be, there's gotta be some, I've heard some people talk about like hilarious stories or like, I just completely misread the question I had on my own notepad. It was like, really? yeah. Like yeah. So, yeah. It's a nerve wracking. So let's give them some credit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. The, I don't know if I got too much to talk about, honestly. I mean, we talked about the bench cover, Doug, Joey, Terrence, mm -hmm. Hunter. Now, okay, real quick, and I want to get into um, a couple questions, quick ones I had for you. Sure. And then some with Minnesota, or sorry, UNC game. But, okay, let's go back to the offense. And I know you don't think the offense is the problem, but let's talk about mm – -hmm end of game offense where they have had some issues. And I know Jalen had some problems with turnovers before and like figuring out where they're going to turn to in the last two minutes. It's always the most nerve wracking time. Mm -hmm. And it's always when the offense tightens up and butts get clenched and all that stuff. Why don't they run more stuff for jet out of ball screens in the last two minutes? Like why, why is it that we always think that, all right, point guard and big man, let's, let's bring it back out and run the shot clock, get to 15 seconds and run it that way. Like, why don't we give it to jet more? I, I don't understand fully that. Yeah. So what game has been like down to the wire like that besides it was Virginia, right? Like that's the only game that yeah, really came down there to those was, late I mean, possessions. Closing out Michigan or Eastern Michigan, there was a couple. Oh, of yeah, I guess that's true. Games. And yeah. I guess the Ohio game went to overtime, too. So there yeah. had to have been possessions. Honestly, that game is like a blur. I don't really remember what, what yeah, all the details guess, of that. You said that uh, <laughs> it went to overtime. So I was yeah. just like, it had to have been close at some point. Right. Yeah. Um, I Didn't they like kind of lose it late? Because there wasn't that crazy play where the ball got like thrown off the backboard on the inbounds. I'd never seen yes. that before. No, right. it was the most anticlimactic game time last second shot I've ever seen. In Layup. Life. Yeah. It was yeah. like, it was crazy. Looking around like, what the hell? Yeah. 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 So um, crazy stuff. To answer your question. Um, like, okay. So the last play of the game against Virginia, they ran like pistol basically where they were trying to get a dribble handoff for, for jet. And it like kind of looked like he got fouled kind of didn't, I was fine that they yeah. didn't call it or anything like that. But yeah. like, so they did run that one for him. I know the player you're talking about where it was like around a minute left and they ran a ball screen for Jalen and he ended up turning it over. Right. Is that what you're thinking of? And then yeah. jet intentionally fouled him or whatever they called a clear path. I forget, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. it was like a, it was a flagrant or a, uh, they got two free throws in the ball basically ended the game. Yeah. Um, so 
Yeah, I mean, you can question the play call for sure. Um, I do think late in the game, you want to like keep it pretty simple just to try to avoid like a turnover or that sort of thing and like control the kind of shot you're getting. I mean, I think Hunter should probably touch it in most cases too. Um, But when you're rushed, it's kind of hard sometimes to run like a, you know, like a post up because those just take time. Um, So yeah, I mean... I, I agree with you. They could they could run some more stuff for, for Jet. Um on that play, I will say he should have been spaced towards the corner, but he oh, was yeah. in the he was like in the slot and that made the guy, you know, they run a pack line, right? So they uh it was much easier for his guy to help and recover, and that's why he was able to get the steal. So that was like kind of on him a little bit, but I mean that wasn't him with the ball. Um but yeah, I mean he's he's a huge threat shooting obviously like yeah. off the catch off the bounce off you know dribble handoffs so, yeah i mean i agree with you having the ball in his hands is definitely a good thing if you don't have the time for like hunter to touch it in the post yeah you mentioned his passing earlier i mean he's just been so impressive with his decision making and even when he gets in a tough spot where he's got to take a tough shot like the runners he's hit i don't know if there's a shot or like yeah if that's a ticking time bomb eventually but like he's just a shot maker and a in high pressure situations when things break down and then a really good passer and especially so tall and you run these screens and he gets to their free throw line. And I mean, like, good luck to any big man garden deciding what two you're going to stop there. So I don't know. I, I, I hope we do see more of that, but he's got to stay in the game and I hope he can demand the ball more in that sense. I know they run a lot of good sets for him, but to train that mm-hmm. transition to my next question I have for you from an X's and O's standpoint, what set have you really enjoyed? Cause I, I, there's this one like long set where it's a handoff and then a pin down another handoff. That, but, I mean, things that I did not see them do at all last year. I was very, I just wasn't happy with any of their sets last year. So what's something you really enjoyed watching them or a couple of things that maybe was surprised you or you want to see them continue in terms of uh, set offense? The set that you alluded to is definitely my favorite one, um, which is like, it's called like zoom action. I don't know if you've seen that or like uh Chicago action. Other people call it like the NBA where it's like a pin down um, into a dribble handoff, but they do it on both sides. Yeah. So like they'll enter it into the elbow dribble handoff, a uh, pin down for one guy on one side. Uh, yeah. Dribble handoff. Then he'll hand it off to a guy coming from a pin down on the other side who then gets a ball screen. Yeah. yeah that's probably my favorite action. So it's basically like double zoom is like yeah. how I would call it or like, Okay. Yeah, so both guys are coming off pin downs and then get a handoff, hand it off to the other guy, comes off a ball screen. And they usually do that for Jet, or they, I think, only have done it for Jet and Kobe. And obviously Kobe's a lefty, so they'll get him going to his left or they'll run it for Jet to, to go to his right. Um, it just gives you an advantage getting getting downhill, right? Like there's just so many things that the defense has to communicate that cause a lot of confusion. Yeah, I, I really like that set. Um, and then a post-up set that they run, like, super popular in the NBA, like almost every NBA team with a post-up guy ran it like five to 10 years ago, which mm-hmm. makes sense because Juwan has an NBA background, but it's just called motion week where basically the ball gets swung from one side to the other. And then there's a cross screen in the paint for Hunter to get a touch on the left block um, yeah. is essentially what, what you're looking for. And like the, the point guard will run through the paint, like he'll uh, go through and then the ball gets swung to him and he'll be the one that enters it into the post. So those are two of my favorites. So yeah, the I've been really impressed with their sets uh, and their ability to run them efficiently and get in them quick. I think that was a big focus for them this summer, um, particularly because they really tried to hammer that motion last year, and it just wasn't. It didn't fit the team super great. And I think this year, this team is more capable to run sets efficiently, but also have that motion. I think that you know, a guy like Doug can just 
be what Jawan wanted from the very get go with his offense and just like, all right, let's go. Like just bring it up and like get into the offense and move it. And then we'll figure it out from there. So it'll be interesting to see how that changes as the year goes on. Like if they give Doug more of a leash that way, um, it'll just kind of depend on his performance, but moving ahead mm-hmm. to UNC, we, we touched on it a little bit with UNC's guards. You got mm-hmm. Armand Baycott. I'm really looking at that matchup because there was a lot of trash talking from Hunter's end with the Shibway matchup. And Shibway, I don't know if it was intimidation or just great defense or both, but Hunter did not have an efficient game. And really, his most aggressive post-ups were when Shibway was out. So I'm interested to see how he responds against a guy like Baycott. I think he's going to have to come out I think he should be attacking Baycott. Like he should have been attacking Shibway right out the get-go, shooting jumpers and getting post-ups from 15, 17 feet. That's that's mm-hmm. kind of my focus to preface this long-winded question. What what do you want to see from them in, in regards to anything? X's and O's, individual standpoint, sure. what defense, what, what what do you think is going to be a big focus or two for them against UNC? Yeah. So the first things you think of when you think of UNC are like Carolina break, right? The they play yeah. with fast tempo. Uh, rim running, uh, that's like a staple. You got to, I mean, the coaches obviously know that and they, I, I'm interested to see how they play in uh, transition defense, especially. And then historically, like UNC is a really, really good offensive rebounding team. This year's team is actually just, just average. Um, but I mean, Baycott is obviously huge and I think he's probably the biggest concern on the glass, yeah. um, keeping him off the glass, but they play, uh, Pete Nance at the power forward and he's kind of like, he's tall, but he's slender. So I don't think he crashes as much. So that might be why they're not as good as they are. Histor- has have historically been offensive yeah. rebounding, but, uh, that's gotta be an emphasis too. And then, yeah, the, the matchup between Baycott and, um, Dickinson, I mean, they know each other super well. They're both team takeover guys, like the DMV AAU team, um, so yeah, that that's like a big yeah. time matchup. And I, I, did they play his freshman year? I want to say they did. Hunter's freshman year. I think they played at UNC. Um, I can't remember how the matchup went. Remember either. Yeah. I can't yeah, I think they. I think they played. I, I think Michigan got killed. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, it might have been the year before Hunter got there. But um, yeah. anyway, yeah, that's that's a big time matchup. And yeah, that'd be huge if uh, Dickinson can kind of impose his will on another like big post, uh, you know, high level defender um, in Baycott. And then, yeah, like we talked about it earlier, like the guys who could shoot off the dribble, um, RJ Davis and Caleb Love, both of them are actually under 30% on threes, but you don't want to chance it giving them like a bunch of open looks. So how like Doug and Kobe chase those guys around on the perimeter, I'll definitely be watching for that too. Yeah, you got to treat them like they're 45% three-point shooters. Like you got to stay attached because as soon as they get going, they're momentum guys. With Baycott, it's funny watching him. I think he's really good and I think he's, a, a very good player on a good team. And he can be like that center for, for a national champion, but there's so many things where I'm like, dude, this dude is slow. Like, and he'll foul. Like, I'm like, why is this guy who I think is supposed to be smart and like the anchor for your defense slapping at your hands. And I think, I mean, I think Hunter can give him fits. I think I don't, I, I don't think he's going to push Hunter out of the post as much as Shibway can, but I say that and like you've seen Foreman just kind of push Hunter out and he's comfortable. Like he's like, all right, fine, I'll catch it at 15. But I think if you were really focused on attacking Baycott, I think you can get him in foul trouble. And then I don't know who they have to back up at that point. Are they playing Nance at the five or they got somebody else coming in? 
No, I, yeah, I don't think they would they would go with him. Um, I mean, yeah, he does play some five, like small ball five, but yeah, I mean, he can't guard Hunter. He's he's no. like real thin. Um, to correct what I said before, so Baycott and Dickinson they played last year. It was, that was the game where Michigan got blown out. It was like early in the non conference oh, last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Dickinson was in foul trouble most of the game. He played seventeen minutes. Um, and only scored four points to a four shooting. So I mean, he's definitely going to be rearing up to play much better yeah, uh, in the rematch that box score right on his locker like look what you did <laughs> yeah last year. yeah yeah exactly oh, i'd forgotten it was last year it feels like a long time ago i know yeah i don't even like recognize the beginning of that year last year because i just remember being, they got killed in that game yeah, just trying to like talk everyone off the ledge last year for their start because it's like yeah this isn't the year before like these are all young guys like give them a break they're not they're not right. as good as they were ranked like it's just what happens in college basketball yeah i just like blacked all that beginning part out because that yeah, was a totally it was like a totally different team and yeah, yeah here dude that's what me and dylan had to do on that pot on the podcast all last year like oh. they were in the top 30 like the whole year and people were basically treating it like this was like are they gonna make the nit like this team is terrible you know what i mean it's like you know the overreactions but yeah i mean yeah. you know but when it's a new young team you got to expect growing pains right it's not gonna be oh yeah amazing from the jump yep and it's going to be the same, I think, going forward with this team and just figuring out their identity without Jalen and then a different rotation and whatnot. I I do think they still have the pieces to figure it all out. So I'm going to give them a little more patience. I mean, I'll continually give them patience until, like, they get to a losing record or something in the Big Ten. And have, like, <laughs> but I think they have it. Like, yeah. and, you, and, you, and at the end, like, you got Hunter Dickinson. So you can always figure out a way. So yep. who knows? It's going to come down to defense. I don't know. Do you have any closing thoughts on – on Michigan basketball coming up? Uh, no, not really. I think we covered a lot yeah, of we stuff. Did. This is, we did good. Yeah, this is a good con- good conversation. Um, yeah, and I mean, I'm going to keep watching. Uh, as you said, like they have a baseline. If you have Hunter Dickinson, your offense is going to be pretty good, and that's going to keep you in a lot of games or winning a, a good amount of games. So ride him, figure the rest out, keep Jet going on offense, figure some things out defensively, and uh, yeah, they, they should be pretty solid. Yep. It's all nice. It's all right there within grass. So it is nice. Eric, I appreciate you coming on. This was awesome. I'm going to have to have you on again, break down when we get maybe in the middle of Big Ten or something. And yeah, break down the X's nose. Yeah, this is really great. I appreciate you. Yeah, of course, man. Welcome to come on anytime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.